Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So if it's mid-December, or getting close to it, we're still on the single days of the month of December, it must be a great day to be outdoors, right? Actually, it is. It's a beautiful day to be outdoors in Williamson County. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. And uh, we are out of doors today here at Total Men's. It's Total Care, the Total Care primary care location here in Georgetown. It's on Williams Drive, right by Williams Drive and DB Wood. And, uh, out here for a very, very good reason. Of course, we're here as always with our friends at Total Men's and Total Care, but also here to have you participate, if you can, in the Toys for Tots program, where you can uh, drop off a new unwrapped toy. Got a big cardboard bin right here, so out here, Drew ready to handle it. Got it all right. Everything is just out front and ready to go for you. Uh, my name is Craig White. Glad to have you with us this morning. Jeff Howe is in San Antonio this morning. Steve Sarkeesian at a um, – it, it would be incorrect to just say it's a pre-Alamo Bowl press conference. It is that. He and Kalen DeBoer, the Washington Huskies head coach, are uh, both participating. But they are also participating because of a charitable function – and uh, that is uh, raising money for scholarships there at, at a uh, golf event at Sunterra. So they are doing a media briefing out there, uh, media availability with both head coaches there. Uh, it was not made available to the public for broadcast. That's why we can't bring it to you like we normally do with Steve Sarkeesian uh, weekly press conferences. But Jeff will be down there, and uh, we'll uh, – Uh, See if we can check in with him in the second hour of the program with our second hour Longhorn Notebook on that following the completion of that news conference. Meanwhile, there's other uh, Longhorn stuff that we'll get you up to date on in our Longhorn Notebook coming up at the bottom of the hour. And while we don't have Jeff available to us, we do, as always, back in the home domicile, uh, just making sure that everything is going well. And, of course, after all, he is the purveyor of all good fl- things, uh, flex, because after all, in the final analysis, it's a flex. It's Jonathan John Donaldson, Jay, Jay Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing this morning, Snoop? Doing great. I uh, had a great time in Waterloo Ice House, so I'm feeling it a little this morning. But uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, now, now, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm going to get to that in a sure. minute. I, 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 what I want to do is we got several things happening. Uh, like we said, we're urging folks to come on out here and uh, drop off a new unwrapped toy for the Toys for Tots program. So we're going to have that. Um, we will have, uh, coming up in a few minutes, our Whataburger Top 5. By the way, there's Whataburger just around the corner from us. Whataburger Top 5, the top five road trips of the week. I always feel a little bit funny when you get to the playoffs because, as I've mentioned many times, all playoff games are created equal. Some, to be Orwellian, 1984, are more or Animal Farm, are more – 
equal than others, some playoff games. However, these road trips are important to mention, so we will uh, get to that. Also, uh, we'll have a Longhorn Notebook coming up at the bottom of the hour, some other things to get to as well as football. Then uh, we'll have Inconceivable. Snoop, i got a fast food note for you. Sweet. Uh, coming up in uh, Inconceivable and a couple items that are just mind-boggling. Uh, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have uh, Glenn Davis with a World Cup update coming up in the 11 o'clock hour as well. And uh, like I said, we're uh, hoping also to be able to check in uh, with Jeff Howe following uh, the Sark uh, media availability down there in San Antonio in the 11 o'clock hour. Okay, we'll get to all of that, and we're going to get, and we have a Flex 30 update, obviously, but um, we're going to get to uh, a couple of other things. First of all, I want to, I, I want to, and and clean up is not the right word. Maybe clarify a couple of things because because I thought I thought. <laughs> that Bucky Godball might have been getting uh, a little bit of undue heat for his failure to get Ricky Williams into the, a ball game to get him 10 more yards to get him 1,000 yards for his uh, freshman campaign. Now, um, this came because they were talking about Cedric Alexander becoming the all-time leading rusher in AISD history, and Cedric was um, on with them this morning. Uh, was uh, Now, Snoop, did Cedric make it out to the event last night? He might have earlier, but he wasn't there when I was there. Uh, okay, all right. Well, he was on with Bucky and Aaron this morning, and uh, we're going to replay that conversation coming up in the 11 o'clock okay. hour. Yes. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do that. Uh, but Bucky got a little bit of, uh, uh, they, like always, the, 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 the elbow and the ribs thing. Yeah, you could have gotten Ricky 10 more yards, get him 1,000 yards for his freshman year when he was at 990. And Bucky explained, well, it shouldn't have all been on me and all that other kind of stuff. When would I have done it? Aaron brought up the Texas A&M game. Hey, they had to use Ricky extensively in the Texas A&M game. You can't put it on that game because uh, James Brown had a very sore ankle. He played in that game. It was a pretty uh, uh, courageous performance by James, who had a badly sprained ankle uh, earlier. Couldn't play in the Thanksgiving night game. Uh, James could not. And uh, their their win over uh, Baylor on Thanksgiving night. Richard Walton played quarterback that night uh, when they won that contest. So he could not play that night. Uh, did did play against A&M and did a, did a fine job. And, and, and Texas won a slugfest of a defensive battle that day, 16-6 to at Kyle Field. It was the final game in Southwest Conference history. Texas won the final ever Southwest Conference championship. They went 10-1-1 in the regular season. One loss was a midseason loss at Notre Dame. And uh, and uh, they so they won that final Southwest Conference title and then went to the Sugar Bowl. That was the game against Virginia Tech that had Ron McKelvey, the imposter bowl thing. Uh, Longhorns were actually up in that game 10 to nothing in the second quarter. Uh, might have had a golden opportunity to really take a commanding lead. Uh, uh, Chris Carter had an opportunity, couldn't hold on to a pass. It would have been a walk-in end zone, pick six. The game turned around on a Brian Still punt return of about 69 yards for a touchdown, and it turned the whole game around. And Virginia Tech went on and won the ball game, 28-10, with Jim Druckenmiller at quarterback for the uh, Hokies that night on New Year's Eve night in uh, in New Orleans. So there was that. 
And, and folks, well, you could have gotten Ricky 10 more yards. First of all, the bowl game stats in those days did not count on your career rushing. And they were wondering about that. And I know uh, Ty Henderson brought it. Maybe they could retroactively uh, go back and do that. They're not doing that. The NCAA did agree, this was right around the turn of the century, uh, just beyond it, in fact, I think, to allow bowl stats to be counted as part of your overall stats. The reason they didn't do it back in the day went back to that old um, bowl game philosophy that a lot of folks had about bowl games being a reward, nothing more. It was a bonus, almost akin to an exhibition, and therefore did not count the stats and really almost shouldn't count on a team's record. That was the mindset for decades, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, you know, into the 70s as well. It was only after the AP and the UPI had decreed and declared that uh, the bowl game would go into the factoring of the final college football polls as to the national ranking, especially as it related to determining a national champion. Only then did those bowl games really start to matter more in terms of how it framed your final view of a college football team's overall season performance. So that was, that was the issue in the mindset. And toward that end, for many, many years, the NCAA did not include bowl stats on your, uh, on your season stats. They changed that, uh, I believe, early 2000s is when it changed. But Ricky Williams' stats in the bowl game against Virginia Tech would not count. Uh, nor would his uh, stats the following year uh, there at the Fiesta Bowl yeah, that was the one where Bucky sent him back out there with the uh, concussion, probably uh, against Penn State. Uh, that uh, that one, uh, that uh, those stats did not count either. But to go back to the the, the season in question, 1995, uh, for folks who said, "Well, he could have left him out there a few more," I would I would offer this up to you. Uh, this is the way this went. Uh, if you're looking for how uh, Ricky Williams could have picked up 10 more yards in 1995 to get him to 1,000, so he would have been the first back in college football history to total 1,000 yards in all four collegiate seasons, which has since happened several times over. Uh, you could look at these games. Uh, the, the first game, they beat Hawaii. That was the game. That was his first collegiate game, and that was out in Honolulu, 38-17. to 17. That was the game where Bucky said that Ricky asked him if he could go up in the stands and sit with his mom in the fourth quarter when he came out of the game, and Bucky told him, uh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> that, that, was a, that. That whole trip was kind of weird anyway, but uh, they won that game 38-17. That was Ricky's first collegiate game, and he had a big game that night. They came home and beat Pittsburgh by 11. Then they went to Notre Dame, and that was the one loss. That was the one where Texas had a 27-20 third-quarter lead. And um, there was a pass over the middle. Justin McLemore might have been able to take it the distance had he been able to hold on. Couldn't do it. And then it turned after that. Notre Dame ended up uh, blowing them out in the fourth quarter. They won 55-27. Okay. If you're looking for games where you said, yeah, maybe Ricky could have gotten 10 more yards, I will give you these examples. The following week after that Notre Dame loss. Are you listening, Buck, if you're driving home? Remember the game uh, against SMU? Uh, won that one 35 to 10, uh, and uh, that was in the Cotton Bowl. They played that game in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Then a home game against Rice, 37-13. Then the OU game, that was the one tie 
on the uh, season ledger. That's when Texas led 21-0 and wound up having to settle for a 24-24 tie. Then the 17-16 win over Virginia, the Phil Dawson 50-yard field goal into the win to win. Might have been tough to get him 10 more yards than that. But then there was a 48-7 home win over Texas Tech. There was a 52-20 blowout of Houston in the Astrodome. That's when Bucky said a lot of um, uh, players' teammates were wanting to come out of the stands and get on the sidelines in that one. There was the 27-19 win over TC where James Brown got hurt in that game. They won that by eight. Then the Thanksgiving night game against Baylor, uh, 21-13 when Richard Walt was playing quarterback. So you had all of those games. Bucky, those were your opportunities to get him the extra 10 yards. SMU game in Dallas, Rice game at home. Uh, the OU game is what it was. It was a, a tie ball game in the Virginia as well. Texas Tech at home, at Houston in the Astrodome. Those, I would say those games probably more than anything else because the others were real tough grinders of football games. So it might have been difficult for you to uh, to get that. So I, 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 get, I, I get that. So my, my point is equal parts cut Bucky some slack on that deal. Uh, and by the same token, Bucky, if you're really being honest with yourself and you're really searching back there, maybe you could have found that. Now, Bucky's other point, and this is a valid one, is that he did not know and they did not inform him. I don't know if if word could get down from the press box in time to say, hey, Ricky's at 990. Can you get him another 10 yards or not? Um, you know, uh, by the time you get late in the fourth quarter, inside the final 10 minutes of a game, and it's been like this for a long time, the media relations staff usually goes down from the press box down to the end of the field to be able to escort the media into the post-game interview area. So there's that to consider as well. So I, I, I'm just saying there was a lot of there were a lot of factors that made a difference in all that. If you're still looking for those 10 more yards. The, the, the impression that I always got was that Ricky really wasn't that bothered by it. He really wasn't. Now, he has good-naturedly given Bucky a lot of grief about it over the years, but I but I don't think it's, it's that big a deal. Um, so, anyway, that's – if, if that explains it a little bit, there you are. That'll, that'll do it. Okay. Now that we've uh, cleared the deck with that, Snoop, why don't we roll with the Whataburger Top 5? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 Road Trips. Now, technically, Snoop, technically, we really only have four area teams left playing. Correct. However, what I have done in the past, when we've gotten to this point, is to select the top five road trips across the state. We're at the final four week, the semifinals of the high school football playoffs. So, 
you know, and, and in keeping with the whole thing about all playoff matchups being equal, some being more equal than others, uh, I took the four matchups involving area schools, put them into this, and then picked out one that's just out of our coverage area. So we don't have a tie today, Snoop. Just just to let you know, there's no tie today. Uh, but we do have a top five road trips of the week, and one of them has a local flavor. This is the one that has the outreach to a school just beyond the greater Austin, Central Texas area, but they're playing at home, and Snoop Daniels says he might, might, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, hold you to it or pin you to it, but, but Snoop has said he might be there tonight, and that's right around the corner from us. Uh, that is at Kelly Reeves Athletics Complex, the Palace on Palmer tonight in 2A Division Two is Burton, the Burton Panthers, who just, you know, it's headed into the Brazos Valley out there on 290. It's before you get to uh, Brenham, uh, taking on Mart, taking on the Mart Panthers. So it's Burton Panthers, Mart Panthers, Battle of Panthers tonight. Uh, the computer, we pointed these out yesterday, Snoop. The computer likes top-ranked Mart by 13. Burton has a great defense. They pitch shutouts in each of their first three postseason games. Last week, they did give up one touchdown to Granger. That was it. They won 27-7. So, uh, and I believe that was a special teams touchdown. So I don't think the defense has even given up a, a uh, touchdown in the postseason. I think they probably will tonight with what Mart has. Uh, so that's that's going on tonight. Kelly Reeves Athletics Complex. Snoop, to be exact, it <laughs> is at 7 o'clock. Okay. So I don't know if you were considering going. I'm going to spend the majority of the midday at, at different tournaments for basketball. But, yeah, I'll, I'll probably sw- swing by there to, you know, switch it up a little bit. Okay. All right. That is number five. Number four uh, on this list, and like I said, you know, we, we, we're down to a handful of teams left. Uh, number four on the road trip list is the game uh, in the Alamo Dome tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. Snoop has pledged to be there. Wimberley, Cuero, the 4A Division II bracket in the state semifinal. Uh, and, and it's not just because... Wimberley's there, although certainly best of luck, absolutely, to Coach Warren and the Texans and that code red defense. And uh, we've got all flex team uh, finalists on that. Uh, so uh, with 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 all of that factoring in, still in all, there's another angle, Snoop, and you know what I'm talking about, Wimberley taking on the Quero Gobblers yes. and their head coach, whom you know quite well. Jerry Peacock. Yep. We had him on the television show last Friday night, and he was all fired up and everything, and they had that crazy, <laughs> crazy win over Silsby in triple overtime, 58-56, when they were able to stop Silsby's two-point conversion try in the third overtime when you go to just two-pointers, and they got their two-pointer in the back of the end zone. And I asked him, uh, by the time you get to a third overtime, I know coaches kind of keep a, uh, you know, a, a in their if it's – figuratively in their back pocket or uh, whether they've got it on the call sheet or whatever. Do you have a whole list of two-point conversion plays or is just one or two your best one? I mean, by the time you get to the third overtime, because you're already going for two on the second uh, possession anyway, uh, and he said, we got a few. 
We keep a few uh, handy, and that was one we worked on. We had not shown it, so we felt pretty confident about it. And it was. a receiver wide open uh, across a tight end in, in, in the end zone. So that's going to be a great matchup. Computer likes the Gobblers by four. I think this will be a really good matchup tomorrow afternoon in the Alamo Dome. Now, you're going to start there, right? Correct. Yeah, you're going to be... you're gonna start. You're going to start there, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, number three on this is Vandegrift and Katie in the 6A Division II state semifinal that you'll be able to hear Saturday afternoon here on the Horn on 1019 and AM 1260. Saturday afternoon, there'll be a Longhorn men's basketball game on 1049, but you'll be able to hear uh, the game in its regular regular locations at 1019 and AM 1260. And I can, I think I can reasonably pledge to you right now that if Vandegrift finds a way to win this game, we'll, we'll have it on, on the Horn, the state championship game as well, because I don't think cool. there's a, a University of Texas game. In fact, I know there isn't uh, a week from Saturday, so we could get that state championship game uh, on the Horn uh, next week. But it, it will be on its regular spots on the dial, 101.9 FM and AM 1260. So we'll have that uh, for you. And, uh, you know, Vandegrift going back down to the Alamo City, and going to the Alamo Dome to take on a KD team that uh, has been a juggernaut this season, have an incredible running back in Seth Davis, and coming up in a few minutes, we're going to visit with the head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers. He's just around the corner from us, our our weekly conversation with Drew Sanders. So that's coming up, and uh, it, it's a great, great challenge for Vandegrift. That's number three. Number two is Liberty Hill and Port Natchez Groves. Now, they're going to play tomorrow night over in Katy in the uh, 5A Division II bracket. Now, that's the other game you're going to go to, right, after you, you leave oh, the Alamo Yeah, Dome, I'm going to be a road warrior. <laughs> yeah, hop in, the, hop in there and zip down I-10 for that. Uh, great matchup there. Liberty Hill, of course, losing the two running backs to injury last week, but they got plenty of other uh, weapons as well against a PNG team that will test that Panther defense. And, uh, obviously, the number one road trip of the week, Westlake at North Shore having to go over to Rice Stadium in Houston and play out of doors where it might be raining on Saturday Whoa. afternoon as Westlake takes on the North Shore Mustangs. So there it is, your Whataburger <gasps> top You five. know what? Right. Yes. Uh, Westlake, they do good in the rain. Remember when they beat? Yeah, they've been all right. Yes. Yeah, they've been. I think that's uh, good. Been, been right. Yeah. So we need a break. When we come back, we'll visit with Drew Sanders. Head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, our weekly conversation with the head coach of the Vipers to talk about their final four matchup with the Katy Tigers. We're out here at uh, the Total Care location, the Total Men's Primary Care in Georgetown. Williams Drive, it's uh, in that shopping center, Williams Drive. There's a Starbucks right next door to it. Kitty was nice enough to bring me a chestnut praline latte. <laughs> this is my regular uh, Starbucks uh, location, by the way. I, I, I live about a couple miles over from here, and I, I don't live far from here. So, um, but there's, you know where it is, Williams Drive and D.B. Wood, uh, so uh, come on out, bring a new unwrapped toy here for the Toys for Tots Toy Drive. Hope to see you here. We'll continue with Light the Tower from Georgetown on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Ah, 
Well, we've got a party out here in Georgetown, certainly at Total Care, the Total Care location of Total Men's Primary Care. Hope you can come out and put a new unwrapped toy into the cardboard men right here for the Toys for Tots program. Hope you can uh, do that. We're here throughout the course of the day. Uh, Chad and Zay will be out here uh, following me uh, here in Georgetown. It's on Williams Drive at D.B. Wood uh, there. That's uh, a farm to market 2338 if you're getting off of I-35. says Williams Drive on the exit anyway. Uh, listen, you can come the back way if you want. You can come up uh, Ronald Reagan Boulevard up to that and then zip right down from the north side, you know, past Sun City. You can do this. Does it sound like I've learned my way around since I moved to Georgetown back in uh, late June? I, I have done that. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll hope you'll come on out and participate in that. It is time for our weekly conversation to talk Vandegrift Vipers football with the head coach of the Vipers, Drew Sanders, who joins us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. You know, we uh, we always uh, – Drew is always good enough not only to join us during the season, we, we always do a uh, seasonal wrap-up conversation with him once the season ends. I'm happy to report that we will not be doing that season wrap-up call until at least next week and hopefully not until right before Christmas – the, uh, the after the state championship game, uh, Drew. Congratulations on the program's second trip to the Final Four and your first state semifinalist as a 6A program. And uh, I'm curious as to know how long did it take everybody to come down off of the mountaintop experience of the, that thrilling win over Dripping Springs last Friday night. Yeah, it was a it was a great win, great win for a program and over a quality team. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't take too long. We def- definitely celebrated uh, that evening, but um, and you put the Katy Tiger tape on and, and you come down to earth pretty quickly. They're a great program, lots of history. Uh, but, um, yes, big big win for us, and we're really pleased to be able to get to the, the Final Four and Six there, our first time to do that. All right, I have got to ask you what was going through your mind. I've, I've been meaning to ask you this ever since I've, uh, you know, found out how the game ended on Friday night. And I, I was I was doing the uh, the North Shore Tascacita game for television, so I, di- I didn't get a chance to hear it. And, of course, I've heard the highlights and seen the highlights. We had it on the television show as well. But what's going through your mind as you watch the play there at the goal line when the ball comes out? What's going through your mind when you're seeing that? And then the strategy afterwards, when you've got possession of the ball inside your own one-yard line. Right. It was, a, it was definitely a hectic um, few plays, you know, that was the end of a 19-play drive, if you believe that. Um, they, you know, they had two third-down conversions where they had a third and three and third and four, and they get four and a half and three and a half. They had a fourth and one, and they get uh, they get enough to get the, the fourth and one, two in the same drive. Um, and so they get all the way down, and they get first and goal to 10, um, and then we're able to, you know, I've got to start using timeouts there because I'm trying to save some time in case they score for our offense. So we call timeout right before the fourth and one, and they are about on the one-yard line. And um, one of my coaches suggested, Coach Young suggested, to put in our extra linebacker personnel just to change fits. And and um, and so I said, yeah, that's a great idea. We call it train. And so we put train in uh, and put Diego De La Vara Vasquez, who is our uh, basically backup for all of our linebackers, great young man, junior. And we put him in, and and uh, we felt like they were going to either sneak it or run off the edge. Um, and so we called a defense that we thought was good for that. Um, and then we kind of knock him back at the at the at that time. I missed it, but the ball drops and goes straight down on the one. I think everyone missed it on the entire field, but Diego. 
and Diego somehow is low and sneaks through everything. It's a pretty funny picture if if you take a picture of the screenshot where literally everybody's striving and he's the only one on the ball at the one. Um, and he army crawls out of this huge mass of humanity, and I couldn't tell. I thought they might have gotten in. And so I'm just watching. Of course, I'm saying, no, 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 he didn't get in. You know, he now coaches are. And um, Diego comes running out of the back of the pile with the ball in his hand. And everybody's like, what? Where did he get the ball? And then, of course, we just go crazy. And, and the refs had to talk about it, um, but they made the right decision. We got the ball. And, and so then the next problem is, that, that was a great thing, but then the next problem is we literally have the ball on our one foot line. And their defense is strong. And we're able to quarterback sneak. This is one of our best offensive plays of the year because we were able to quarterback sneak. And we got about six yards on a quarterback wedge, um, and that was enough. And then Braden, Braden got the first down on on uh, third down, ran for about 15. We needed four, and Braden Buchanan just said, I'm just going to take it and do it. And he got about 15 yards, and we nailed it out. Yeah, and now I, I'm going to ask for your help on this because I didn't see. Uh, can you remind me? Of, and I'm going somewhere with this. Can you remind me how much time was on the clock when you took over the possession on the one-yard line after the fumble? About a minute 45 or so. So we had to get a first down. They had two timeouts. And um, so we had to get a first down to ice the game. Yeah, so taking a safety really wouldn't have been a practical option there because there was still too much time I, left. No, yeah, that went through my head a second, but then I was like, well, their offense is amazing, number one. And number yeah. two, um, that puts them within one. So all they'd have to do would kick from the 20, and all they'd have to do is get two first downs, and they're in field goal range. Their kicker's good. And so to me, that wasn't an option. Yeah, you were not, if you could help it, if you could help it, you were not going – to risk having Walker Wright beat you with another walk-off field goal, right? <laughs> right, yeah, they'd done that before. And, you know, the way they were running the ball, they ran the ball well. We held them, uh, we limited them passing. But, um, you know, the thing about them is we held them to under 300 yards offense, which is crazy. But the thing about them is, or around that, is that they are so good at passing that you have to honor the pass. And that just allows them to run some with numbers. And so they just did a great job of taking what we gave them. We're visiting with Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, our weekly conversation with the Vipers head coach. Uh, coming off that 27-24 win over Dripping Springs last Friday night, Craig Way out here in Georgetown at Total Care Primary Care, and uh, Snoop Daniel with questions for the coach. Yeah, Coach, I have two questions. One, the 50-yarder okay. by, uh, by Hayden Arnold. Can you kind of walk us through the end of that uh, second quarter? Well, for the people that weren't there, there was a pretty stiff wind um, at going towards the scoreboard. And so we felt like, you know, Hayden has made 45 yarders pretty consistently, you know, and he's a really good kicker. And and so we were talking on the headsets like, hey, if we don't get this, what do you think with the wind at our back? And, and we felt like he could make it. And um, it was just an unbelievable effort. Great snap hold. Um, snapped by Blake Frazier and hold by Hudson Lilly. And then uh, the ball, I don't know if many people know this, but the ball just skimmed right off the right upright and, and went in. And so it was just an unbelievable <laughs> kick. And it's a Vandegrift record, too. Um, that's the oh. further. We had a 49-yarder. We've never had a 50. So that's you know, Hayden's the record holder. Wow. Oh, okay. And then the, uh, the trick play to Lilly. I love how you're getting <laughs> all of your guys involved. And, and every year, like I remember this time last year, I didn't even know who Ben Boer was or Boer. I, I was like, who is this guy? Uh, so anyway, uh, who? Uh, Lilly, uh, can you talk about that trick play? Yeah. I, I guess you aren't going to use it this week, but I don't know. Hudson is Hudson is one of the you know he's one of the I, I would call him the glue one of the pieces of glue that hold our team together. I mean he just does everything, and um, and so 
he also was our JV quarterback, and, and some people don't know that he threw a, a fake field goal against Cedar Ridge um, and for a touchdown. And then, you know, we, he came in, and, and so we split, we split our quarterback out to the right, and then um, we throw kind of a we throw a lateral to him. Hudson's under well, not under center. He's in shotgun. He throws a lateral to him and then takes off running. But on the right side, the the quarterback Braden has both our best receivers, Miles and Rajon, and they're streaking down the right side. So all literally ten of eleven players are all looking at um, Braden. I mean, excuse me, Rajon and Miles. So he looks at them for one second and then throws it completely across the field back. Um, to Hudson, and then we've got a train of, of linemen over there to the left blocking for him, and he took off and got about a 50-yard gain, and we go on to score that drive. So it was just a, a critical play for us and amazing execution. Uh, Drew, Snoop's question uh, brings up uh, brings up a good point, and I was talking about this earlier, and that is the um, that's the whole deal about – uh, trick plays or extra plays and things like this. When I, when, uh, I mentioned earlier that we had Coach Fikaj from Quero on on the TV show on Friday night, and, of course, they went triple overtime to win their game over Silsby, and they got a two-point conversion pass to do it. And I asked him, were you about out of two-point conversion plays by the time you got to the third overtime? And he said, we kind of keep – uh, a packet of those. We have some. It was one we hadn't used. We felt good about it, and sure enough, the receiver was open. Uh, can you give us a rough estimate? I mean, how many of those types of plays, whether they be trick plays <laughs> or two-point plays, do you kind of keep in your arsenal, and how much are you able to work on them during a practice week, especially a week like this when you've got a program like Katie that you're getting ready for? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have – the thing is, is you have a, a routine to answer the second part of your question. You have a routine, and you just kind of stick with that routine. That's what I learned from all my coaches that taught me. And and um, so each week you're going to work red zone stuff, two-point plays, and then you always have trick plays. Coach Mauser, Blake Mauser is my offensive coordinator. He's always going to carry probably four trick plays in a game. He's got – a good 10 or 12 that he rotates through the year we work and then once we run it we kind of put it at the back of the list and then we'll just bring it back when necessary so he's got a good 10 or 12 you never know when they're going to happen and then as far as two-point plays you know you're going to carry about four to five of those but in addition to that sometimes your two-point plays also you know are your fourth and short plays too it just depends Um, and so you could even say you might have six to eight of those type plays but a lot of times I think a good two-point play involves a couple of things. I think it involves some type of shift or motion or both, and then I think it usually involves some type of one or two parts of, of misdirection unless you are just uh, just crushing somebody up front, which in our league it just, you know, it just doesn't happen much because everybody's so quality, you know. No doubt. I'm visiting with Drew Sanders here on Light the Tower and the Horn. All right, before we move on to Katie, I want to ask you one other thing. Uh, you, you've always made everything about the program, and uh, that is so admirable. But I've got to ask you this. You've talked about the coaches that you've played for, some legendary coaches, and how many you've worked with uh, over the years and things like that. When a win like this happens, and, and this is the second time you've gotten a team to a, to a state semifinal, did it in 2014 at the 5A level. When you have a win like this, how many of those guys that you've networked with and that you played for and that you coached with all those years reach out to visit with you about such a, a huge statement win for your program? 
Yeah, that was a good one. You know, I, I had the most text message I've ever got. I had a hundred, almost 180 text messages by the time I got to my phone after I was done with interviews and stuff. So um, that was crazy, and I try, and I definitely answered every single one of them. It took me a while, but um, that was fun because it, it just reminds you you do you do have a lot of people that are cheering for you and and uh, watching from afar, and you don't really know it until like after a game like that. Um, and so it was it was fun to be able to get that and and um, and celebrate because I thought this this group of young men have really set goals and worked hard. And it was nice to to see a concrete example of us actually achieving a goal that we had set way back way back when. All right. So You're now making people cry, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. So now it's on to the state semifinals and getting ready for one of those name brands. We've talked about name brands like uh, Westlake and North Shore, and Katie's one of those incredible name brands with the multiple state championships and Gary Joseph being the great coach. That he's a, what's the first thing that stands out to you when you look at the Tigers, like you said, when you when you put in the video? Well, their their run game, I mean, is ridiculous. It's legendary, and and it's kind of what they're known for. In addition to their run game, is really good um, when you have two amazing tailbacks. Um, and not to say that their line isn't good. It is. It's really good. Uh, their scheme's good. But all this runs through their two tailbacks. They, I mean, they have. it's hard to believe they have two 1,000-yard rushers. It, you know, the, the, you can liken it kind of to playing uh, a Liberty Hill, for example. They're going to have their system – uh, they're going to have gaudy statistics on the rushing, and you've just got to try to survive and find a way to uh, to stop them, you know, maybe three or four times in the game because their offense is just that um, explosive. So, you know, that stands out. And then they're just really big up front defensive line-wise, um, and um, and they're just big and strong, and they just swarm to the ball. I mean, they're a great program. And like, like you, you guys already know, there's only four teams left, so there's not really any uh, slouches left. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that's true. Now, when when you have discussed, um, you know, their 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 backs, and for folks who don't know, it's Seth Davis and Dallas Glass are both, uh, and and they're just they're dynamite to watch them. I'm also curious to get your thoughts on their quarterback, Caleb Coger, because one thing that Katie has managed to do. Now they've had some great quarterbacks. Obviously, they had Andy Dalton. They've had some other uh, tremendous ones as well. But they've had, and, and here, here comes that some have taken it as an insult term, game manager, but they've had guys who run their offense uh, to precision, might not be superstars, but can make the plays when they want. Does, does Coker fit into that category, or do you see him in a different way? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, to me, I mean, and like you said, game manager to me as a coach is a compliment. Um, the media might take that as uh, a knock, but I mean, I really feel like he's he holds that team and makes that team go. You know, I mean, he's calm, cool, and collected. He checks. They have several run checks at the line. He's making the right check. He's um, his arm is is uh, good, and um, he's completed bunch a bunch of touchdown passes. Twenty something, I believe. I'm not sure the total number. Um, and so I see him as accurate. You know, they don't run him much. I mean, he definitely can keep a naked around the edge or something like that. Um, but, you know, they've got the two tailbacks. But I think he is. I think he's a just 
an amazing game manager, and he does exactly what the coaches need, and he runs a system to a T um, and, and does a great job. Um, the, uh, the, the thing Alamo done, was that agreed upon by the four teams going in, or was that one of those neutral home flips that worked out for you? No, we, we ended up just basically just kind of agreeing on it. Um, I was trying to get Baylor. Uh, they were trying to flip Baylor versus NRG, and so we kind of went back and forth and back and forth, and then they ended up saying that they'd rather just play at the Alamo Dome, and I thought, well, I've already played there. These guys know that stadium, and so why not just agree? It's closer to us anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and get climate control guarantee, if nothing else. If it, right, it yeah, I mean, I don't know what the weather looks like, but um, it, now I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So here's the other thing I was going to ask you. What What is as important as anything else to do against this KD team in the game on Saturday? Offensively, it would be great if we could sustain drives to keep them off of the field um, and keep them from eating clock. You know, once again, we'll go back to a Liberty Hill-ish type team. They're a slot T type team, and so they're going to milk the clock. They're going to get three to four yards per play. Um, it's hard to knock them back because they're so big and the backs are so talented. And so they could be on the field for forever and really stealing momentum and everything else. So the, I think one of the key things is our offense to sustain drives, keep them over there, and then maybe we can find a way to get a couple stops, get a takeaway, get a turnover, uh, some, you know, some kind of something where we can get our offense back on the field. Um, and so I think that's key. And then, you know, offensively, um, we've got to hold on to the ball. You know, they do a great job of being ball hawks and being around, and so we've we've got to do that. And then def- defensively, um, just make them earn every single yard um, because, you know, if we do that, then we, we feel like we, we've got a chance. Drew, uh, d- d- do your guys th- – this is rare, very rare for your program, especially these last couple of years. It's rare for your team – to draw underdog status. <laughs> Your guys kind of uh, embrace that a little because, they, by and large, most of the state and the computer and all that, that stuff have favored KD and the, the name brand and all that other kind of stuff. Do you, you guys like that role? Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, we were we were dogs last week, and, and um, I thought the guys relished that and, and talked about it some, and, and um, I think that's a good motivator for a team. And So we haven't talked about that as much. I'm sure the guys – uh, the guys have, but, um, you know, I, I think that our guys are going to step up, play well, and and uh, be in the moment and, and uh, rise to the occasion. Ooh, oh, my God, Coach. Can, can Ian Reed play defensive line? I don't know. Now I'm, like, planning. I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm shifting around guys in my head. I'm, like, putting Miles yeah. Coleman at safety. <laughs> Ian can do any – yeah, any, Ian can do anything he wants. I can tell you that. Uh, but, you know – uh, Miles played uh, corner for us last year. I mean, last week. I don't oh. know if you knew that or not, but no. we put Miles in at corner on every um, every big third down, um, and it was great. They didn't throw to that to number six at all on those third downs, and we sacked them three times when we had Miles in. Wow. Well, Drew, we'll uh, we'll wish you the best of luck. We'll look forward to our conversation next week, regardless of of the outcome. But hopefully, we're talking about. Uh, uh, gearing up for a state championship. But I appreciate yeah. you taking the time. Best of luck to you on Saturday afternoon. We'll look forward to it. Okay, thanks, guys. Luck, coach. All right, you bet. That's Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers. Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock. You'll hear it on 101.9 and AM 1260. Vandegrift against Katie from the Alamo Dome. 
Snoop going to be on site with some flex pregame? Is that is that the yes. deal, you and uh, Lucero? And apparently I, I'm going to be, like, uh, you know, making personnel suggestions on, on switches and stuff. That's so exciting. I love it when the, the other team – because you know what? Liberty Hill did the same thing when Alamo Heights was uh, hurting them in the past game. Noah Long had never played defense, and they put him at safety, and they put him on the best yeah. receiver. So this is yeah. oh this is I remember Jake Greathouse and I remember Garrett Wilson for Lake Travis all playing DB like when they got to this level. So these, these are the You're big right. games, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So coach, I'm sure you feel Coach Sanders. That's what he needed was you telling him to play some offensive players on defense in week 16, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like this is probably inappropriate, but I don't know. He's my friend. <laughs> All good. All right. Coming up, we have inconceivable. Uh, we're out here at. Total Men's Primary Care. This is the Total Care location here in the shopping center. Williams Drive and D.B. Wood in Georgetown. And we hope you'll come on out. Bring a new unwrapped toy for the Toys for Tots program. Hope to, to see you out here doing that as well. We'll continue with Inconceivable next on Light the Tower on the Horn. 1049-1019 AM 12C. I don't think it miss what you think it miss. Well, we got a lot of things to talk about in Inconceivable. First of all, uh, in case you didn't hear the news this morning, uh, Brittany Griner was freed from a, a uh, Russian uh, prison uh, penal colony uh, today, and it was a prisoner exchange. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate and difficult that Paul Whelan still is in prison there. He's been in jail for nearly four years in Russia. But uh, she is out. She has... Uh, been released and is on her way home. So there's good news there. Uh, there's another story about someone in prison that's kind of bizarre. Hence, it falls into uh, the inconceivable category. Uh, you know, the, the, the man for whom Brittany Griner was swapped was a uh, an arms dealer, as we know. Meanwhile, a notorious drug cartel leader and hitman suspected of torturing and decapitating dozens of victims has been in our prison system has vanished from the federal prison database uh, he's not up for release until the year 2056 this is Edgar Valdez Villarreal 49 year old man who goes by the criminal, uh, criminal moniker La Barbie but he's listed as quote not in BOP custody, that's Bureau of Prisons, listed as not in BOP custody on their website. Now, this Bureau of Prisons says it released Valdez Villarreal on November 27th, although the Bureau frequently lists inmates as released when they've been transferred to the custody of another group. Um, 